Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. People don't buy the best products and services. They buy the ones they can understand the fastest. Today, our guest is Jay Bissell, Marketing Director at Equipment Zone and Passionate Educator. Many of you may know Jay as the lovable and hilarious host of Promo Chat on Twitter, where weekly industry thinkers gather together to shape trends, explore new ideas, and discuss current issues. Jay and I sit down and discuss his passion, helping companies understand and convey the visual literacy of their brand. We chat about how the 80-20 rule is a myth, but the 20-60-20 rule is closer to the truth for most companies, the difference between the tone and voice of your brand, and mapping the customer's emotional journey through every touchpoint. This episode is brought to you by CommonSkew, the platform that powers your connected workflow, enabling you to process more orders and dramatically grow your sales. To learn more or to start your free trial, visit CommonSkew.com. And registration is now open for our brand new multi-city event called Common Skew Sessions, the promotional product industry's one-day conference for distributors dedicated to thriving in sales. From top-line growth to bottom-line profitability, all aspects of the sales process will be explored. It's led by notable industry leaders and featuring some of the most successful sales pros in each market. Common Skew Sessions will be visiting Dallas, Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York. You can learn more at commonskewsessions.com. And now to my conversation with Jay Bissell. And through your work with Promo Chat, you've had a really good ear on the ground in terms of uh, progressive development in the industry, kind of hot topics, mm-hmm. and what's going on. What is Jay most passionate about? Oh, <laughs> besides tacos, as everyone yeah. knows. <laughs> right. Most passionate right now, I'm really focused in on uh, concepts of, of I, I would say, that fall under the umbrella or in the umbrella, or however you say that as it relates to branding and branding not just from the design side although that's a really important piece of it but figuring out who you are as a company and creating a roadmap for your brand if you and i were trying to create an instruction manual for how to engage with our audience we would need this roadmap we would need this tool that would help bring order it would help bring some clarity both for us right as well as the message that we want to share to our audience. Because, you know, if they're not going to listen to our message, we, we could spend crazy amounts of time and money and just totally miss the mark. Yeah. So I, I really had this, like, purpose lately of figuring out, uh, for our industry specifically, because, I mean, I've grown up in this industry. It's what I know. Right. Being involved in promo chats let me see from kind of a distance and kind of connect with people and say, I really like what this person's doing. You know, and I'm not here to fix people because mm-hmm. I got my own bag of you know what that mm-hmm. I'm dragging around right, trying right. to. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I just I'm like, oh, you're so close. I just want to give you this one little tip. Right. And it would just change the perspective of, of your business. Right. Um, so from a visual side, you know, I think of this roadmap as the graphics, you know, how to present them. But also from the language side, the written side, the copy, and how do I how do I speak, my tone, my you know, my mood, my style, does it come yeah. through in the, the written as well as the graphic? Yeah, I want to stress, I think most people get this, but I think it's a strong reminder to everyone that our branding, our digital branding is our number one sales rep. 
I mean, we Agreed. think Agreed. we think we have a top sales rep that has a certain amount of revenue, and but the number one rep in all of our businesses is our. I think most people get that now, and they're willing to invest the energy. Although th- there may be folks that um, that don't still that don't quite understand that oh, the, yeah. your digital presence. Uh, is there your are a lot one. of folks sadly yeah. Yeah. looking at the landscape and seeing that you know it's like I have a, a in my mind a twenty sixty twenty. Uh, I've recreated the eighty twenty rule and decided. That, that, that played in the 80s, but now it's a 20, hmm. 60, 20. What do you mean? Well, I think that you have this 20% of your business that is inactive and not profitable. Yeah. And you need to get rid of it That's as good. fast as you yeah. can. Good. Then you have this middle ground, the 60% that is mostly active and for the most part profitable. And then you have your top 20%, which is very active and engaged with you. They've fallen in love with you for who you are and your brand, your promise, and they pay you on time and they pay you well. I love that. It's good. We, we want to focus with them and give them this, the most amount of tension. And the bottom 20% are just like time killers. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So I get, I get stuck in that from the perspective of thinking, is what you've put out there in your digital landscape mm-hmm. attracting the bottom 20%? Right. Wow, think about that for right. a second. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and a lot of people I, I don't believe take that into consideration and they're just trying to be all things to all people and hope that they get found. So is this a matter of first segmenting who that tribe is that's passionate about you and your brand and then that that work begins there first? I do think yeah, you're right. You you nailed it. So thinking about the values that you have as a as a person and as a company and and how that leads into the the summary of your story. Your story. And by the way, I love I love what you're saying about the starting to wrap this twenty sixty twenty because in this particular industry where you can sell to anybody, that's such a big deal to, to segment that 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 tribe or audience that loves you. But go ahead. No, yeah. So that's the point, and you, and you hit it, which was your actions and 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 your 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 printed collateral, your digital collateral, all of these things, this consistency of marketing, this your style, it begins to attract an audience, a tribe. Is it the right one? And so if you, if you see that you're attracting, you know, uh, unqualified buyers or right. um, people with no budget or people who call you up and say, hey, Bobby, can I just get like 10 pencils with my, right. my, my right. I want, I, and I want each one to have my student's name on it. You can do that, right? Right. Well, even if you could. Yeah. That that's not a that's not a good fit for your business, right? So, thinking through all of those parts, it's like I, I've come to this conclusion that it's like each of our businesses needs to have this book, and each book has a has a chapter in it. And when you put this book together, it becomes that roadmap. And I want to call it a style guide, but a lot of people in the industry, a lot smarter than me, that are in design, that are in advertising, that are in marketing, you know, they've they've kind of coined this as a, as a branding guide. A lot of big businesses have them. Some of us in the promo and apparel industries have seen them. It's kind of the do's and the don'ts of what you can do. But with you're the thinking logo. broader than style. I'm thinking guy, bigger. Guy. Yeah. Right. So that design side and that logo is a piece of the puzzle. But I think there are a couple of pieces before that. The reality is, you're 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 figuring out your values and what makes you and your staff uniquely qualified is different for for you and your team as it would be for me and my team. Right. So there's there's something you stand for. And there's 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 that single most important idea that you want to convey to that tribe. Yeah. But if you're not doing it, then they're doing it for you. They're filling in the blanks. 
because they don't know what you stand for. Right, right. So okay. they're going to jump to all kinds of crazy conclusions, yeah, and, yeah. and and you're building this. And this is where you get commoditized. This totally, is where you get commoditized. totally right. agree with that. So you're just now one of, you know, ten thousand companies that sells pens or shirts right, or mugs. Right. You become the mug guy, or you become the mouse pad lady because yeah. you got defined as such. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you don't define yourself well, the market will define you. Exactly. You, right? And that's why that, that first piece or that first chapter in that book is, you know, it, it, in my mind, I keep calling it a book, but a roadmap, a style guide, however you want to pull this piece together. Right. So your customers and your community really do get you. So I've heard some other professionals refer to it as a brand manifesto. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of I kind of like dig that because yeah. it's cool. just the whole idea of, uh, you know, I got my manifesto and right, here's yeah. what we stand for. And this is my story. And now keep in mind, it's going to change. It's going to evolve. Sure. It should. Your Absolutely. Will and, Absolutely. And, and, yeah, that's but true. at least start with that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a piece that we, we, we gloss over. We move too far into logos and design and color. And right. I want my logo to be, you know, this kick ass, amazing yeah. piece of work. And it's like that's an important, you know. I, I think piece. one of the one of the interesting parts about a brand manifesto is that it's not just that you're codifying this for like future employees or future or clients or whatever. You are. That's the end result. But actually, what's happening is you are converting and convincing yourself and all of those that are working on this at the same time. It's a very important work. Yeah. Um, because you're probably more so convo- codifying those intrinsically. Like. The, well, yeah, clearly, and as a leader in your company you you would you would probably be setting the stage for you know here are the characteristics that i probably am already these are the this right. is my style right in in a working environment so yeah, yeah. i i might be more playful and lighthearted and you might be more serious and sober right and that's okay right that that's that's what you know when we started talking about uvp yeah, by the way, we, that's exactly our, the way we are but yeah ahead, totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're the more playful one and i'm more serious no. so <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, need, see how I this need, works. I, yeah, I need, I need, I need more of what you got, Jay. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but it, it leads us to this place where you know, here are my qualities. These are the three that are strongest, and these, this is what I want to project out to my, to my potential tribe, and hopefully that vibe as I send it out, then attracts that tribe. Right. And, right. And, and it, and I'm, I'm pulling in those people that are naturally going to connect with me, rather than convincing people um, that aren't going to be naturally connecting with me because yeah. that's a short-term relationship yeah and then then I think that that again emphasizes the commodity again it leads itself to price yeah and we end up losing it's it's so fleeting it's so and, temporary and I, I may be getting ahead of you then every time I hit a digital presence then of that brand I should be able to determine in 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 a very quick amount of time whether or not this is someone I align with yes uh, no you're not getting ahead of it and that's exactly right so the first interaction on 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 any platform digitally, it, you're going to you're going to color comes into play. That's where you will see some of the messaging. That's where the logo is visible. That's where that impact is is the the uh, the connection starts. Mm-hmm. And if it isn't consistent, then that's also going to leave clues for you. Like, eh. you know, you you may not be judging it, but you are. You're right. And that's a piece I think that we fail to remember is we don't like to think of ourselves as judgmental people, right. but somewhere hardwired in our in our brain is this lizard trying to solve a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't, if we don't find order and consistency, mm-hmm. then what do we find? I think we find friction, and I think that slows everything down. Yeah, sure. It's that fear and it's that uncertainty, and I don't think our brains like that much. So we move to the next one. Right. Quickly. 
Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. In fact, I, I was in preparation for this trying to figure out, you know, both how to impress you and then be, you know, somewhat sound like I know what I'm talking about. I, I, fa- I came across a quote that I love, and it's this guy that's totally into s- stories and branding. His name's Donald Miller. He's the CEO of StoryBrand. Yeah. I give him credit for, for credit as due. And he said, people don't buy the best products and services. They buy the ones they can understand the fastest. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So when we create friction... When we are uncertain in our yeah. digital landscape, when our brand isn't clear, it's going to slow that process down and somebody moves on. Read that quickly. last statement of his again that, that they connect. They buy the ones they can understand the fastest. And what I would, and he probably extrapolates this, but what I would stress too then are those that we have an emotional connection mm. with immediately. Definitely. Definitely. And part of that becomes the, the, the lead-in of our logo, our that design side. You know, we make an impact, and when our story and our values and our personality all align, we can start to play with color. We can start to play with, you know, the design. We can we can decide, hey, do I want to have abstract symbols like Apple, or do I want to have kind of the logo types? You know, that stylized rendition like maybe Home Depot's logo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then the third, do I want to have kind of a combination of those two, like Mercedes Benz, you know, they have a symbol, right. they have the stylized, you know, text. So where do I want to play? Yeah. And those are hard questions because you're like, I just want to make payroll Friday or I just, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I just want an order. Somebody please call yeah. me, buy something from me. But that brand, Mark talks about this a lot, that brand personality, that we're a walking, speaking brand personality. What would that be? And then also once you get that brand personality right, you again have a living, speaking, vibrant representation for you and your brand that's working for you all the time. All the time, 24-7, and that's yeah. the world we are today. When you think about all the platforms that people can find you, they're like on-ramps to your yeah. you know, your website, all the social media platforms. Right. If you're blogging, you have this amazing potential to draw people to you yeah. when you coordinate all of those pieces correctly, in my mind, in my opinion. What are the critical chapters or components or stakes in the ground? We touched on a couple of them briefly, but if I were kind of making a list, I would say number one, first and foremost, you've got to have your message and your values. You would start from that. That would be first chapter. Second chapter would be something I call your style or your mood. That's when we were talking about being playful and lighthearted versus being serious Mm -hmm. and sober. You're you're trying to build the identity or the character of the company. So that's that, you know, what are you, what are you naturally? Are you, are you, so, as, as an example, then we've talked about this before in, in the Right Sleeve website, for example. They might work with a lot of tech companies, mm-hmm. or they might work with camps. And when you go there, you can feel oh, yeah. that in their branding. Whereas when I was with Robin, then we, we tried to build, even with the colors in black and blue, a very corporate-looking site because we did company stores. And we, did, we dealt with a lot of corporations that wanted stability, speed. Right. And we tried to convey that even when we built the logo, a lot of people don't know this, we built the box in the shape of a, uh, the logo in the shape of a moving box because we speed, confidence, even the logo color choices were all around that emotion exactly. that we were trying to do. So two totally different brands in the somewhat the same same industry. Yeah, no, that's a cl- those are great exact examples. And a lot of businesses miss that. You know, they, they get stuck in creating their logo first. Or they don't think about the things that you just thought of, which are how to identify and how to how will this how will this visually appeal to that audience? Yeah. Will I it? I got ahead of you. No, oh, it's cool. It's perfect. It's perfect because you know certain logos will evoke positive emotions. They almost create those anchor points that say, 
you know, it's like you had said, stake in the ground. This is what we want to be known for. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is visually what we're portraying to the world. So it becomes an extension of that promise or that value or that your story. And that's the piece of the puzzle that I think most people miss in our industry is they're, they're too eager to just be in business. And it's easy to get into this industry, whether from the apparel side or the promo side. So not a lot of thought is put into this. Yeah. And typically you're Which- just like... You know, Jay's promos and yeah. more. Which is a little shocking because of the business that we're in. We're in a highly visual business, and there's a lot of folks that sell to, for example, the Marcom community. And when yeah. one of the things that I learned is when you're a small business in this industry and you're selling to VPs or director levels of marketing communications departments in these large companies, you're not competing for mindshare with other distributors. You're competing for mindshare, period. Correct. So, And you're... you're communicating on a level that it should be that they are at, which is yeah. all about investing in that marketing brand. I agree. And I think, that, but, the, but let's be real, let's be honest, there's probably 80% of our industry that isn't even playing at that level. Yeah. They're just not. Right. They're just happy to take orders. They're order takers. They're just sure. grateful that the phone rang or that they got that email right. or that somebody at some bank said, hey, I have a friend and they sell t-shirts or they make right. widgets, you know, so... And, and and the truth is, we all started there. I did. Oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're just absolutely. grateful for. The, oh my God, thank you for thinking of me yeah. when you thought of t-shirts. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. But, uh, so obviously, as you and I evolve, as we as we pretend to be adults and <laughs> and and grow up, this is why this has become my passion. Is because I can see all these connections. I can see how these things link together, like 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 chapters in a book and you know, that roadmap becomes clear. So I love the fact when I can see people that are in, you know, any of those top industries or Marcom or, or they, they've already done this. They kind of right. learned this somewhere. It was, it was either ingrained in them earlier or it's, the, you know, that, that on-ramp to um, advertising and marketing, they, they get it. So, you know, we talked about logos, but there's this supporting thing that I like to think of in terms of the logo. It's beyond that. It's the themes and even sometimes you, the use of iconography. So themes and icons can help tell that story. Yeah. And it, it takes it to another place. So if through the repetition of a theme, it's more than the logo, it kind of carries that story. Because the logo in, it, in and of itself is basically just a visual cue to me. Yeah. It, it doesn't really tell the whole story. Sure. And I, 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 I want to make that an emphasis because in... You think about these symbols, they're everywhere you look. Um, thousands and thousands of possible themes. And I'm not just talking about like if you were to look at a website or website templates or WordPress, but but that's not a bad place to look to see the potential themes right. and how color works with graphic and how copy works with color and how all of these things start to reinforce themselves. Yeah. Um, it becomes almost, I mean, if you're, if you're a nerd like me, it's almost inspirational because you see all of the work that somebody pulled together right. and all of the thought that goes into it so that in a click, somehow it either connects with you or it doesn't. Right. And that's impressive. All that time. And yeah. just to say, got it. Right. This is who we are. Yeah. This is my tribe. This yeah. is who I want to attract. Yeah. Um, so that's a big piece of the puzzle for me is, is trying to pull that together so that you know, whether it's you sending out an email or whether it's somebody landing on your, you know, Facebook page, either way, they're going to feel that connection. 
the creative consistency across those platforms, right? That's translated across is paramount, right. and it's it's important. A lot of people spread themselves too thin on this. They they think they have to be all places all the time and be you know visible to everybody twenty four seven. I understand the need. I understand the the the. I don't want to miss out, you know, the fear yeah. of missing out. So mm -hmm. I better be on Facebook. I better be on Instagram. I better be on, you know, whatever the flavor of the day is. Right. But let's at least start with your website. Let's yeah. let's start right. there first, right. Right. because all roads should be leading back to that, anyways. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there's a place where you can kind of build your home. There's a place where you want that vibe to really attract the right tribe. What are the other few anchors that a brand should be aware of? I, I want to I want to make sure that we include this concept of our tone, our tone like like our our actual voice, the language that we that we use mm. and choose. Yes, uh, there is a difference between voice and tone. You have the same voice all the time, but your tone changes. Here's the example: if if you go to dinner with your closest friends, <laughs> versus if you go to dinner with your boss. Right. It's <laughs> a great point. So. It's it's that communication style, and a lot of people think of it. Uh, if you want to put it into these everyday touch points, you know the feelings. Um, it's how you speak to your employees. It's how your employees answer the phone. It's how you answer emails. It's um, are you are you the type of person that's constantly hyping and selling, or are you the type of person that's often educating, and training? Right, because that's a piece of this that's yeah. that's your tone that's your language that's your voice so i i think that that's one of these chapters is you have to stop and pause and say okay how do i do this how should i help customers feel better after talking and meeting with me and my team and tone is intimately tied to your values oh yeah 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 and i think of a company that can be quirky cool and that's reflected in the tone of everything they do from their branding and messaging. No, you're 100% right. That's the piece. So like when we were at SKUCon, sorry for the plug. Yeah. Um, not, not sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we both said that at the same time. You have a confidence and a trust. The tribe that you've attracted is going to be thrilled with your communication style. And it showed everywhere. Right. In right. the venue you chose, um, uh, the signage that you chose. Um, the swag and all of the yeah. merch that you have. Mar Marcus out. Marcus Graham is the uh, is the uh, maestro of that. By he the way. is the yeah, maestro. The he maestro. is the yeah, definite. And, and, and Kate, Kate, Kate. They Kate. did a fabulous job, and it was very it was very prevalent, and it was awesome. So right. not that they need my. But good point though. Consistency on the tone uh, was clear, and that's really it. So there are a few things to avoid. So one of the things um, before I forget, we need this more in our industry for promo and apparel peeps. We need this is the shipping and the delivery. That's kind of the towards the end of the book. How do I actually deliver? Yeah. How do we actually ship this out? Yeah. How how is our packaging? Is it on point? Does it is it consistent with the other touch points of our brand, or is it just going to show up in this nondescript brown box right. with a UPS lo la label on it? Right, right. I think I think that's a piece that we should have in in terms of our style. We need to take that into consideration. Well, I think you too you're stressing this one area, but you're really every touch point. That's every it. Every touch point. And it's because of the speed of business that has become more important than ever before to focus on these touch points. You don't yeah. have the time to convince or convert anymore. It has to be done through these multiple touch points that happen in like a second or a nanosecond. It, it's true. I think you, you, you really hit the nail on the head there. So that effective, that's what I would consider effective marketing. 
that's what I would consider an effective brand or branding or you know you pull all of this together and you say what does this look like that's what the style guide looks like it's all of those touch points everything's evaluated everything's written out it's a it's a it's a work in progress it's yeah. a living document that says until further notice boom yeah. this is who we are that's great you know sometimes some people think this way intuitively some some people think this way intuitively some of us do not but it would be a good exercise for you to think through every single touch point that your customer has with your brand and your experience. A hundred. We call it the customer journey, but I think it's more than that. It's almost like mapping the emotional journey of the customer's response to you and all the stimuli that you create from the digital presences to the physical things that you drop off to the interactions from phone voices and tone to actually just map that out. It'd be a tremendous uh, exercise, but it would be so worthwhile. Agreed. Because you could spot the weak spots. You, even the most advanced brands could do this exercise and walk away with tons that they could improve. I agree. I think it would be a, a fabulous a concept. And, and, you know, thinking through those things is critical because you become self-aware. You become more invested in that brand. Right. You recognize that yeah. each one of those little touch points is a, is a victory. It's like a tie down. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. if Good we point. were in a submarine, you'd be like closing off this door so yeah. that water doesn't come right. in. And, and the, could, the more you codify this, the, as you grow then, you can scale that brand and messaging and tone and everything that's important to the brand because you've done this exercise of, of, of imagining every touch point through the customer's eyes. And I don't think it's possible to scale it until you do. Yeah, I agree. Because you yeah. create that friction. Right. You create so Absolutely. many little, it's like drag. You're yeah. literally dragging these anchors yeah. around. Too and many so, messages, too many voices, too many opinions, and not... not it's not clear. There's right. no clarity there. Clarity, and so yeah. that, that, that singular clarity, that focus point yeah. on, these are the solutions, these are the problems that we solve. And it's visible. It's almost tactile. Yeah. When people connect with it, they're like... I know Bobby, and he's going to help me in yeah. this area. I, I love your word clarity, because that's really what we're talking about. Cutting through the clutter, it's a $24 billion industry. We're not only competing with each other, we're competing for uh, the commoditized version of what the buyer has of the industry in their head and in their mind. So we actually have to uh, dislodge those perceptions um, remove those so that we can speak clearly enough. And if that clarity comes through quick enough, then you can cut through and grab a customer's emotional attention. I wanted to bring this up because this I, I read this about 20 years ago, and luckily I wrote, I wrote it down, I saved it. It was a quote from Marty Sklar. Marty Sklar was connected with the Disney Brothers, mm -hmm. and he, was the, um, he, he, he became the ambassador for um, all of this, this transition away from amusement parks to theme parks. Uh. And he was also a speechwriter for, for Walt mm -hmm. and his brother. He would literally, if they were going to go out into the public, he was the guy that was going to say, here, you need to touch these points. You need to say it in this way. So I read his book. He has a book. You can check it out. And it's called uh, Dream It, Do It by Marty Sklar, S-K-L-A-R, Marty Sklar. As I said, script writer. He was, he was the ambassador on an international level for Walt Disney's, and I love this word, imagineering division. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what he said, and, and I, I maybe can, we can end on this or if you have any other questions, but time permitting, he said, know your audience, wear your guests' shoes, meaning don't forget the human factor. Yeah. And then he said this, create a weenie. And I was like, what? <laughs> 
he said later, that's Walt Disney's somewhat inelegant term for what you and I might call a visual magnet. So this branding and all of these pieces and all of these touch points become a magnet that draw people in. Yeah. And think about what Disney did. Think about it. As a kid, you were drawn to it. Right. You know, nobody had to push you to go to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that we can learn something from that in our communication style and, and the concept of visual literacy. And we could do a whole other oh, session on that. Yes, but just yes. simplified that down. You get it the second you see it and you're emotionally connected to it. Yeah. That's what it means to me anyway. Love it. Jay. Bobby. Thank, thanks for being on this guest, man. Oh, it's a pleasure. Love it. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Skewcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to Skewcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening.